Hello, my name's Sam Taylor. And I'm Tim McCourt. And welcome to our third episode of our second season of the Peg Bar and Grill podcast. It's our podcast where we get to speak to incredible animators, illustrators, people we're fans of and just have a beer and shoot the shit. Uh, this week we interviewed and had a chat and a beer with Malika Favre. She's an incredible illustrator, also a great animation director. Uh, we spoke about business practice and working method. It was really insightful and pretty inspiring and encouraging let us know what you think on twitter soundcloud facebook everything pretty much we're on it just search for the line or the peg bar and grill on google yeah you know if you're enjoying the podcast or not uh we'd much appreciate any kind of review on itunes or star rating if you're enjoying it we just also wanted to say thanks at the beginning this time to everybody who helps us make make each one of the podcasts. Max Taylor, who does a lot of the show notes and research before each episode. Alex Widdison, who's been giving us edit advice for each one. And uh, extra special thanks to Box of Toys Audio, who did our theme tune. Thanks. Enjoy. Bye. I guess this is one thing that we struggle with quite a lot is we always find that when it comes down to graphic design and the simpler things get, the more everybody's got an opinion on it and yeah. everybody feels like they, they, they're an authority on it just because it seems easy because it's simple. But is that something that you struggle with in your work? Well, kind of like, I mean, the essence of what I do is that kind of simplicity in a way. So I think I, I, I'm kind of, I'm doing it so much that I mean, it, it, it kind of, yeah, I'm less scared of it now. I'm less... But it's because also, again, it happened organically. So I didn't decide to do that consciously. I worked on that. I kind of got there over the years. And by the time I got there, I wasn't afraid anymore of, you know, the blank page and everything. But, yeah, I definitely think, you know, doing very simple things is very hard. And it requires a lot of discipline and a lot of work. And a lot of people think it's easy. And you can, you can really see it. I really see it when I get ripped off. Because oh, I, yeah. yeah. I can see, I can see that. This is something I wanted to talk yeah. about. As well. <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. Yeah. But I can see. The funny thing is, like when I when I look at a copy, I actually look at what do people take away from my work? What do people think my work is? Yeah. And most of the time, it's it's completely wrong. It's like the things yeah. they pick up on and they copy mm. are are superficial. They are not the essence of it. Like they pick the yeah. the stuff that make it, you know, kind of. Yeah, uninteresting and kind of... I guess if somebody's really inspired and uh, sensitive and on the ball and they tried to copy you, they'd actually end up inventing something new. But yeah. It's just the people who don't have that kind of inspiration. Yeah, I think it's a, a bit lame. It's very natural. It's a very natural process to copy people, actually. And I think it's part of your growth as a designer, as an illustrator. As a, the problem is that now with social medias, uh, you, can't, you don't keep it to yourself. So it kind of gets out there and you can have access to a copy that someone did at the other end of the world. And they didn't really mean it, but, you know, it's still out there. So, but I think it's, yeah, copying is part of the process, but it's about understanding the structure behind someone's work and the rules behind someone's work and then, you know, reappropriate, how do you say that? Reappropriating. Reappropriating them and pushing them on and that's how you find something new. I think everyone does it, but... I'd say you, you're one of the more copied illustrators that I see around. I see stuff that, I don't know, maybe, it's, maybe they're not inspired by you, but it looks like they're trying to do stuff 
like you. Yeah. I see stuff like that on Tumblr all the time. And I think that you're almost at a state where it's like people could be copying you but thinking they're copying somebody else uh, who's maybe. actually copying you. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, it's yeah. like the domino effect. Like. Yeah. I remember walking, I think I emailed you about it. There was a shop. I don't know what the name of it is. It's like a really horrible... The one with like, the Kamasutra stuff, like the yeah, SNM yeah. Kamas... Yeah, you did email me. Yeah. I went to see them. Yeah, yeah. I was walking by this shop on... Did you have a word? Uh, yeah, more than a word. Yeah, really? I was so pissed off. It was just, it was like a shop on Upper James Street and like they'd like take Louis Vuitton bags and like paint really bad Disney characters onto them and stuff like that. And I was walking by their window and I just saw all this Karma Sutra. Like Malika did like a really amazing uh, alphabet inspired by the Karma Sutra and uh, all this graphic work was like, like printed or stitched or like they had like made jewelry stitched actually yeah. they, they really you know they really it didn't look like they it didn't look cheaply done but it was like bad taste yeah it, but that's the thing it was what if the camera to travel it's exactly the reason why i never licensed or let anyone use those illustrations because right. you can use them and if you put them in a different context it becomes something totally different and it yeah. crosses the line and then yeah. it becomes super cheap and vulgar well that's i mean that's yeah. when when i was like i can't believe like Malika would have allowed this because it no, was done in such yeah. poor taste and, and then I emailed you. But they and, didn't know I was... The thing is, like, they didn't do their research. They just yeah. saw it on the internet, liked it, reproduced yeah. it. They had no idea I was in London. Yeah. So but what was the result of that then? Oh, they binned everything. They had to. Really? Yeah. Did you go... What, what happened when you went in? Well, they were a bit... You know, it's always like... I think it wasn't the owner and, you know, like she didn't know what to say and what to... I went in with my agent. Oh, really? Of, yeah, we walked by. I was really angry. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and they just binned. They, it was all one-off pieces, so it wasn't right, like right. a big production thing. Yeah. But yeah, they binned everything. First, they asked for, for me to license it to them. Oh, really? Like, you know, whether I would give them the authorization to do it, you yeah. know, against the royalty. Of course, right, I right. said no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just bin it. <laughs> oh, man. But that one was... But it was almost funny, because it was pushed to an extent where it was all like S&M and like chains and, wow. you know, yeah. like... A, no, yeah, like yeah. A, there was a dog mask. It and was I mean, really... It was, I took some pictures yeah. of it. I don't know if I've still got them somewhere. Yeah. Because I was like, I can't... Like, this is just insane. Do you uh, know how actually? Because you sent me the picture, but you didn't. Right. I think you didn't know where it was, or you didn't tell me where the shop was. Or oh something. right, okay, yeah. So then I actually found it. Wait for it, because I was so angry. I found it by doing Google Map. Really? I did satellite. <laughs> really? <laughs> and I found the logo of the shop, and I was like, "That's it. I'm good." Yeah. 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 I used to work just around the corner from that shop, and yeah. um, <laughs> yes, thinking absolutely the most stinkiest clothes you've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, it's like, really weird. Has um, that ever happened before? Like, have you, is, or since, or like? It does, ha it does happen, but it's more like... Um, I think here it was just seeing it in a shop in my own city. That was quite weird. I'm sure it's in shops. I get pictures. I get people yeah. sending me pictures in like, you know, kind of like really cheap clothes shop and I don't even know where it is and they are doing rips of, rip off of my design. Really? It looks so ugly. It makes me laugh now. Uh, well, I have to, otherwise I'm just, so I'm just a bit depressed all the There's time. nothing you can do to kind of protect yourself. Honestly, really? I looked into it. I went to see a copyright lawyer. Uh, the truth is that when you're on that scale, there is nothing you can do because a lawyer costs 500 quid an hour yeah. to breathe, you know, mm. and at the end of the day, you know, those people who rip you off, you, you've got very, very few chances to get some money back and that's not mm. even what you want. You kind of, you just want yeah. it not to happen. Yeah. So I think it's actually really hard and, you know, I'm, I know I'll definitely, you know, I don't let I don't let go easily of this kind of stuff, especially when it's like big commercial stuff. But I learned to let go of the small things. 
right, right, to just right. like write an angry email or pass it on to my agent. Yeah, okay. Right, then, right. Uh, yeah. Do you enjoy writing those emails, those angry emails? I don't think do I do, actually. Yeah. <laughs> no. I don't think I do. I wish I did, but I, don't, I think it actually takes more energy from you than anything else. You should yeah. get Tim to do it for you. He'd love it. No, I don't. Yeah, I'll send I, him to I'll you. Like <laughs> I prefer writing passive-aggressive emails. That, yeah, that I like. Right, right. right. Yeah, there, there's a um, killing them with kindness. There was like an exercise that I, uh, there's a comedian Louis C.K. I remember him saying that like when he get wants to write a really angry email and he's I'm not sure if he should do it or not because he's going to say some gnarly stuff in it. He just writes it anyway and then just deletes it afterwards and somehow like you've sort of got. Yeah, you got it off. out of your system. Yeah, 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 yeah. And by the time you finish yeah. it, like you don't want to send it anyway. I do that a lot actually. Is that I write <laughs> something really nasty and then I start. Turning it down, turning it yeah, down, yeah. and then, you know, kind of erasing stuff. And then yeah, by yeah. the end of it, it's fairly polite. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's good to have friends to tell you to, like, I'll just put that on hold for, hold for like, yeah. 24 hours and yeah. come back to it and then yeah, get yeah. it again. And then I, I know a bunch of people who've done that, including myself. Put it If you put it away for 24 hours and then do some other stuff and stop thinking about it and then come back to it, it's like, eh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. How important is that? That's what's the worst thing about, like... Um, Something like Twitter or something is that it's so, yeah, it's so immediate yeah. and like, you know, yeah, I, I'm not on it for that kind of reason. I suppose I reckon I'd just be ranting so much and regretting. So, it'd be like the worst version of you you're putting out there. Yeah, yeah, well. it winds you up. Like, yeah, I, yeah definitely. Uh, are you are you on? Uh, what you, what's your social media game like? Uh, actually, you? I'm mainly I've got I've got Twitter, but just like you know, once in a while I post something, but. Hmm. I'm no. I discovered what Instagram like maybe a year ago or something, right, right. and uh, I love it. But just because yeah, I'm so visual, and actually I'm not. I don't like writing. Yeah. I don't. I never felt I had anything to say on Twitter, and yeah. whereas Instagram is much more. You know, I can mix my holiday picture <laughs> with Man, my yeah. with everything, and just like snapshot. And it's actually, actually it works as a kind of almost like a research board for my uh, work right, now. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but I don't. I don't. I don't post like really personal. I don't yeah. post my friends or stuff like that, but more like um, food I love, objects I find interesting, stuff yeah. I find beautiful, a nice shadow, this kind of stuff. Yeah, you and always seem to be on a holiday. Whenever we follow you on Instagram, and like you're just forever on holiday. <laughs> I'm like, but you are actually on holiday quite a lot. Right. Right? <laughs> well, to be fair, I think last last year I took twelve <laughs> weeks holiday. Really? <laughs> I went that's, a bit nuts. That's so no, that's wicked. That's so good. Like it's so. It's the complete opposite of, of like what I think most kind of people in the profession do or yeah, industry do, it's, and it's it's. I think yeah. it must be really healthy to do that. It is, but it's also because I have a very unhealthy rhythm in London, okay. so I need to compensate for that. I'm very yeah. bad at taking breaks, right? Oh, really? And I'm never going to be good at taking breaks. Really? So my only way to take a break is to go away for two weeks. Oh, really? So basically, I kind of I go through like really intense working phase, and then I just go off and. Do you yeah. like that in your daily work as well? Like it's hard to get you away from the desk. I hate simple. I, I can. I think I'm. I actually can work for eight hours without moving. Really? Yeah. Really? Wow. wow. And you said you don't listen to any. No. Um, in silence. Or, oh, no music or anything. <laughs> no music. That's incredible. No I don't music. understand how you could do that. I, I, quite, I quite like the street noise. I like the. Um, but I, I think music puts me in a. It has too much of an influence on my brain and on what I'm drawing. It's almost like I need to be free mm. of any influence mm. when mm. I do that. But yeah, I think it's yeah, it's just a very. I've, I've always been like that. Like I've never had a very healthy way of working. That seems good, though. I mean, 
I know like you probably need to take breaks during the day and that's like a healthy thing to do but like I'm I procrastinate so much mm. when I work and uh I find it hard to um like I'll probably work for like two hours and then be like oh make a tea oh like <laughs> check a thing oh like two hours is good man <laughs> yeah I'm probably lying I'm surely more like half an hour <laughs> yeah uh yeah, I, w- I wish I could. But do sit you down. get you don't get that when you animate, for example, like complete complete focus. Uh, yeah, but but like I still like I think oh I've been like sitting down just working for like a good solid hour and a half. Really, I treat okay. myself to a little coffee yeah. now, or like <laughs> or I like look at something. Yeah, I'm. You're really productive, but you managed no. to. You are. But mm. you also manage to be like pretty active on Vimeo throughout the day as well. I'm always surprised mm. to see. Maybe that's a good healthy balance. Yeah, I'd like I'd like to be more productive in the day and like focus. I suppose. Maybe you should do a, a mix of both of us, Tim. Yeah, I'm gonna try it. Just not not <laughs> not get lunch. <laughs> actually, sometimes actually most times I don't even have lunch. That's crazy. I know. Oh my god. That's not good. If I could have lunch every hour. <laughs> yeah, I basically have lunch day. every hour. <laughs> yeah, no, I have breakfast. I have, no, I don't even have breakfast. I have a coffee in the morning and then I have dinner. Wow. That's most Holy days. Crap. How are you not wasting away? Is it like it's a okay, massive yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. um, So, I mean, now that we're on the subject of kind of like working practice and that, what is your current working practice? Are you, because you were repped at Nexus for a while, right? From... From when until when? For you one were, year. You were agile. Oh, for one year as well. Mm-hmm. You were agile. Uh, sorry, not airside. Sorry. Yeah. So no, I was I was at airside, but I was at airside as a designer, kind of slash illustrator. But that's where I started directing things basically, and I started doing animation. Then I went freelance as an illustrator and didn't want to confuse people, so I kind of left animation on the side and, oh, really? and yeah, and didn't do it at all for like a year or two, and. Uh, and then I did an animation for my first um, uh, exhibition, Hide and Seek, kind right. of self-initiated thing with yeah. some ex-airside animators right. and uh, Mackie and, um, oh, right, yeah. and Luke. And basically, that's what got me back into the animation world. That's when Nexus approached me and asked me, you know, do you want to be repped? And at that point, I kind of thought like, yeah, actually, you know, it's, it's something I love doing. You know, why not? It could be like, you know, one more string to my bow kind of thing. Yeah, and so yeah. I went to Nexus and I stayed for a year. But, oh, I uh, thought you were there a lot longer than that. No, I think maybe a year, maybe a year and a half. Oh, okay, right, right. Yeah, no, it was really short and okay. intense. Right. Did you enjoy the process of making animated things? or not so No. <laughs> no, actually, I, I, I think I, I love animation and I was always... I will always love animation and do bits and pieces here and there. But commercial animation I didn't like. I actually didn't... It frustrated me too much, I think. Um, um, I think it's... Uh, it's the relationship that the client has with the piece of moving image kind of thing. It's basically when you, when you do illustration, I think clients have, um, they respect what you do, the craft of what you do much more, I really? think. Yeah, somehow, like, whereas in, with the, the experience I had with animation, I always felt that, you know, you, you always had to kind of compromise on the story in order to put some product placement for two seconds longer. And, right. you know, even though it was completely destroying the mood of things and, mm. you know, this kind of, and that really frustrated me, that kind of loss of control. And, and at the end of the day, 
uh, yeah, I had really the feeling that I was tricking people into buying things. Right. Much more than with illustration. It's funny. It's a different, different process. But how do you think that that's come about? Like, how come animations got into this corner where people think that they can just, you know, fuck with it and and change it and walk all over it, whereas illustration seems to be retaining some sort of. I don't know, actually. I don't know. It's, I think it's probably also because it's not the same types of budget. And just by the, you know, the sole nature of that, um, you know, clients expect way more because they are spending more. But at the same time, um, I think a lot of clients also choose animation because they, don't wanna, they can't afford live action and they see it as like a way that will give them more it's flexibility. It's ridiculous, but I think it's, yeah. sometimes it's the case. And you know, they think they will have more flexibility to change things because mm. they don't need to reshoot everything. They can just tell you to turn, to, to spin the 2D character around, which doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah. this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they just think it's easy to change. It's like there is this... So you get this constant feedback that I think sometimes, you know, is, is for the better and sometimes is really frustrating. Right, okay. So was you feeling that when you was at Airside as well? No, somehow I didn't. But I think it's because actually when I was at Airside, we, the budgets were, again, much smaller, so even smaller. And we, we kind of the, the nature of what Airside did was doing how-to films and doing very, very simple uh, fun, lively uh, animations, mm -hmm. and clients who came to Airside uh, knew that, and they right. came because they loved that vibe, and right. that meant we actually had a lot of freedom. And I thought the animation world was going to be like this for me, right. but actually it wasn't because the type of clients I had were, you know, much bigger and much more corporate, mm -hmm. and you know the budgets were also much bigger, and it, right. just, it just became this machine that I felt like I was drowning. Really? You know? Yeah. So really, yeah. when you, um, and that's the reason, did you leave Nexus because you were like, I don't want to work in animation anymore? Or Yeah, I just decided, like, actually, I, I don't have, it's just I don't have time. I don't have time to both, um, you know, continue doing as much illustration as I want to and do animation and the joy and the kick I get out of a, a great piece of animation. I knew it was going to happen maybe once a year. Right. And that wasn't enough for me. <laughs> right, okay, yeah. For yeah. my well being. So I right, just right. decided like I'm gonna keep animation as like a little thing on the side that I can use when I wanna do like a you know a nice interactive project or even mm -hmm. the camera sutra, you know, these small yeah, yeah, yeah. small things because I love working with animators and you know, right now I'm doing a small animation for a client as well. Oh, really? But I really trust him okay. and they really trust me and it's so I know I'm going to get to do what I want and be in control. So it's just yeah. a big commercial jobs, like the big brands. Uh, not interested. Not interested. And I think my, my style lended itself really well to animation because yeah. it's vector and it's simple. Yeah. And it's colorful. So I got some, you know, I got some big clients, but it, wasn't, it just wasn't the type of people I wanted yeah. to work with. Yeah, no. That's a... It's an interesting kind of like problem to have, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> to like be it's able luxury, to get off it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, and actually I felt like when I left, I was kind of like, oh my God, like it's, it, it, it is hard to be a director. I think it is so hard. There is so much competition and clients seems to have cut the budgets by half in the mm. past few years mm. and want double the length. Is that the same for illustration or just animation? No. <laughs> really? No, I think illustration is still strong and kind of... Yeah, I think it's, 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 it's a different market almost. Do you think it's something to do with the fact that you know, like when people are buying animation, they feel like they're paying for a service, whereas with illustration, it feels like they're 
buying the the rights to a sort of um, uh, an established kind of I don't know uh, property or something. Yeah, I mean, I th I actually think that the the fact that when you're an illustrator, you're a person and you're alone in the process, you know, I think it's kind of the clients. Um, you retain a bit of magic, you know. There is this right, thing where right, it's right, like right. they they can't draw, mm. they can't draw, and they don't have the feel. And and basically, if they yeah, if they want what you know, if they want that piece, they are just gonna have to go with your price, and they are gonna have to you know, they are gonna have to agree. But they, I think, they do respect the fact that there is an individuality behind it. And I think sometimes with big production companies, um, there is are too many people, you know. And so, at the end of the day, they don't think they are hurting the director by cutting the budget. They just think people are going to make less margin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I, th I, I, I agree. I've, from, it's like, I think an illustrator is seen as like, a, like a, a painter in the sense of like a fine artist. And an animator is seen as a painter in the sense of, I'm going to paint your wall. Yeah. You're, like, you're like a tradesman. Do you know what I mean? And it's... Uh, like I remember Wes, I was working with Wes on a job and he did an illustration that was going to be used for print and then the illustration had to be animated in the advert and he got paid more for the illustration, doing one illustration that was going to print than he did to then reproduce that illustration to move like... Yeah, of course. You know, for, for you know, doing 20 of them or whatever. But, the, but is that always the case though? I mean, is, I guess as an animator, you're kind of, guaranteed a certain day rate but as yeah. an illustrator your price is very kind of dependent on I suppose like how your market value is perceived exactly totally that's the thing you're not on a I mean some illustrators go on day rates but also when you do illustration it's like photography you have uh, usage rights right. and that's where that's where the beauty is right. okay, <laughs> it's yeah, because yeah. you you're licensing your image uh -huh. and you're giving away your right for a certain use a certain so basically the that is when, when your value goes up as, a, as an illustrator, mm -hmm. those prices go up, basically. And but how much do you understand about that kind of stuff? Are you, like, totally on top of all of that, or do you just let your agent handle it? Um, no, I, no I, I quite like that part of it. Yeah? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm quite... I've always been, since the beginning, okay. I've always been very interested in, uh -huh, the, sure. in the business side yeah. because I think you need to understand things. I mean, for me, it's like... I. I like being in control and mm -hmm. then trusting people to deal with it. So I actually, with John, my agent, I think he, he set up Handsome Frank like six months before I joined him. Mm. So I joined him quite at the, you know, at the beginning. And what it meant is that I think we kind of grew together, like alongside each other, and so did the prices. And we, you know, we made mistakes, we talked, we needed to talk about things all the time and to kind of discuss, like, when is it time to you know to go up or when is it time what kind of projects you know can we be flexible on all those kind of stuff and yeah and for me it was very important to know so I always felt in control of my own career I've, I've heard you do tax returns for some of your friends <laughs> uh, yeah I love doing that really? I'm doing one next provide. week <laughs> for your mate no way no so, I'm, so I've got this I forgot to mention that at the beginning Malika Fabra illustrator <laughs> director accountant and doing tax returns yeah, I love talking to my accountant as well. Really? We saw him last week. We had like a two-hour chat about how the new law in Britain was going to... What kind of <laughs> right, impact yeah. it was going to have on my situation. So I love that. Right, right. I don't know. I'm a bit weird. <laughs> no, that's good. That's no. probably why you're smashing it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what, um, I was going to ask you, because like, like, every now and again, it sort of like pops up in our world about like 
about uh, you know rights and um, uh, royalties for illustration mm. and stuff like that. And I'm just, I haven't got a clue on it. And so how how does it work for you? Do you do you charge like a a rate for doing illustration and then you sell the yeah the royalties for how for its usage? Yeah, exactly. Basically, you give you kind of in a way you calculate it in terms of your daily rate. Except you rarely you don't give them a daily rate, but you can right. say like, how long is it going to take me, you know, and so you calculate kind of a, a, a basic fee for the illustration, and then on top of that you add whatever usage they want, and what you know what is in what's actually good about that is that if then they want to extend it, you get paid for doing nothing. Right. So you <laughs> your all your usage rights has like a limit, like a yeah an end date. Yeah. And okay. that's also a good way to, to be flexible with clients. Like when you really want to do a project and you really believe in it and you think it's going to have a long life for, the, for a brand or for, uh, you know, someone, you, you can say like, look, it's fine, I'll, you know, I'll do it for less, but you can only use it for six months. And if, it's, if in six months you still want to use it because I think it's going to be worth it, then you can extend. So right. you can kind of, it's, it gives you flexibility to negotiate. I think that's really... Um I think that's really like useful information. Like I'm sure like if there is any illustrators like eventually listening to this, I bet so many people get ripped off because they just haven't got a clue. Well, a lot of people don't kind of charge stuff. any usage rights. Uh, young illustrators, they, mm. they don't. They basically, mm. uh, they just Well, you're not taught it. You know, like I'm, yeah. I'm sure like in school. It's the best skip secret in the world. No one talks about it. Really? No one. I get, yeah, I guess you know, we were talking earlier on about why do we do this podcast? It's sort of finding out about things like this. Yeah, like yeah. A lot of this stuff isn't that widely talked about. Or no. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm just not looking in the right places. No, but I, I, I don't know how, how much it is. Like, I mean, I didn't study on an illustration course, but... It's one I of those things that people like to talk about in the pub, I think, sometimes. But they, mm. nobody's, everyone's always got conflicting kind of... Uh, uh, opinions on how it works but also like i'm sure there's like some people who you know like there's a young illustrator out there and they've got a gig in and they haven't you know done one for like you know done a job for like a few months and they don't want to scare off this potential of work and so they're yeah. like you know they they go well if i start trying to charge them for this and that maybe they'll just tell me to like fuck off or whatever well, the truth is that there is always a news that writes like there is always one it's just that it's included you know right it's just yeah. that if they don't charge for it it means it's included in it oh okay right. Right, right but there is kind of always one but you can you know even like young illustrators like the way i started was because at the beginning uh, my agent wasn't handling everything i was still handling some projects mm -hmm. that were coming directly to me and what i did for a year is i subscribed to the association uh, aoi okay right and basically here you get you get the email so you get access to lots of stuff but for That's me great. For me, it was just having the email of that guy and telling him, here is the job, here is the usage, how much do I charge? And in less than 24 hours, he sends you a, it's between this and this. And you're like, okay. What's the AUI? AUI, it's the Association of Illustrators right. in London. Um, it's a membership. Like, I think you can get it cheaper if you're a student or, mm. you know, it's basically like an annual membership and you've got access to talks and stuff like that. And to be honest, I've never used m most, most of it, but I knew that there was this service where you can ask them to quote for you basically really? and they give you like a, a middle brilliant. price but it, it really helped and yeah. sometimes i even did it just to check <laughs> just, oh really if you've done like, it the right no, price like, yeah just right. i'll just check and then you see so you've worked with some like really massive clients right like didn't you do like the budweiser can for the world yeah. cup right yeah so would would they still be licensing that illustration or do they just want to outright 
No, they just extended it, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, last week. Oh, that's awesome. No, it was supposed to be uh, just a summer... Yeah. It was an anniversary can. So it was right. last year, three months, South America and America. Right. And they just, yeah, last week, they just decided they're going to run it again. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I would have thought with, like, bigger clients, they'd just be like, oh, let's just buy it out. But no, they don't. So they try. They try. But right. I think it's... If they, the, problem, the thing is, like, especially for brands like this, if they want a full buyout... Well, you know, they have Has to pay for it. It's a, it's a price. And so most when they know it's going to be, you know, it's especially for a summer thing or, you know, they don't yeah. do it. But some, some clients, they try every time to, oh, right, to really. buy it for perpetuity. And if you don't say anything, they... But that's, that, that's when it becomes expensive for them. Yeah. Or it's, it's always good to kind of always know. Like the only place where where it, it gets a bit confusing, I think, is editorial. Because you don't have... I mean... You can think about it two ways. Either you give away your image forever to that magazine, mm -hmm. or you give it for one, you know, one issue only. Right. Okay. But if you don't specify it anywhere, you never have this kind of. You don't talk about usage rights in editorial. Right. So you kind of need to specify it if you want it to be just for you know one issue or. Right. And there is no repeat business for editorial, like very very rarely. But what it does is it then. If you deal, if you manage to do that, it allows you to then reuse that illustration. Right. If yeah, you want to yeah. do a print, if you want to do something nice. Oh, so because it's because you own it. You own it. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. So, like one thing, I think we, me and Sam, have always talked about that we admire about your um, uh, the way you work, and it's almost kind of like a like a model that we kind of try and adopt. Is like, I mean, people come to you for your style anyway, and. You know, you produce work in a style that, like, you're comfortable with. But then you do these individual projects where you sort of maybe flip it a little bit, or you do something which is not, which is kind of different to your uh, commercial work. And um, I think it was in a talk you were saying that then that kind of feeds back once yeah. that's released back into your commercial work. And I just thought, like, maybe you could elaborate on like how important you find that. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, again, it's one of the things I realized uh, very early on when going freelance is that, uh, especially when it comes to illustration, uh, the commissioning process is very uh, specific and in a way very narrow-minded. And fair enough, because that's what illustrators are here for. It's like mm -hmm. clients are flicking through books of illustrators with different styles, and when they find the one they want, they go for it. And sometimes you end up repeating yourself a lot, because, mm. but it's also because you know, your, your portfolio is very consistent and that's what's getting you the work in the first place you mm. really have a style but then if you want to get out of that and kind of push yourself on you can't ask client to give you that freedom and that wouldn't mm. be fair on them because yeah, yeah. you know so that's when I realized that um, very very few clients were going to help me push it on and that the only way to do it was to do personal work because right. that's the only place where you can really do what you want and 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 then what happened is I so when I did hide and seek my first exhibition that was the first time that I did that. And I did something much more abstract, you know, all black and white. I was mm -hmm. known for colors and sexy ladies. And, yeah. and this one was completely different. It was much more like up art kind of vibe. And um, yeah, and, and after a couple of months after Hide and Seek, clients started coming. And they started right. coming with Hide and Seek as a reference. So then right. that's when I realized, actually, by doing that, I managed to pull back that new thing into my portfolio and yeah. since then I've always done that Hide and Seek was an exhibition you did at the uh, Chemistry at Chemistry right? yeah and do you know and who were the people that uh, approached you um, for work after that were they uh, it was Aldo 
the first one. Aldo with the, with the cabs, the cabs yeah. in, um, in London. It was a great project. God, I think that was my last great advertising project. Yeah, I remember it. Um, it was just after, I think that came out just after I, um, I'd worked with you. Mm. And I felt so proud. I mean, I didn't work on that, but I was like, oh my God, it's like Malika stuff. Yeah, like, it was weird to see going, my taxi, like a giant yeah, taxi. It was a, yeah, it was a taxi with like the glasses. And, yeah, and then, but the whole campaign for that was, yeah. the, the, it was this... Um, a uh, company agency in New York called MD Creative, really small actually, and they were amazing. Like the art director was really good. I still I loved that job, and they came because of hide and seek. And oh, even right. like years later, Carluccio's. Mm. And yeah. if you remember, I did all the Christmas yeah. boxes yeah, yeah. in Bologna. Was that last year, right? Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. two years ago. Two years. No, was it? last year. No, no, it was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. not not last Christmas, the one before. Right, right, right. Mm. Okay. But that was basically hide and seek in Bologna. Right, and okay. in <laughs> right, yeah, in the colors, and, and yeah. that's kind of like hide and seek is what it's the, the way I was dealing with architecture that got Irving and Co. the agency to ask me to do it. So I think there is always, so I always try, like, um, yeah, I started doing more isometric stuff, you know, more pattern stuff, and mm. just bringing them in into the portfolio. And then I also start removing things that I right. don't want to do anymore, right? So okay. it's kind of a way to keep it, keep it fresh. So it's completely changed the direction of your your style it's still I think it's still it's more like a mix I think I do something really intensely and then I start mixing things so I mix a lot of there is still sexiness there is still those glamorous (laughs) girls yeah yeah but sometimes there is more patterns there is more geometry to them Mm. so they get a bit more abstract so it's kind of mixing all those little things Mm. And how often do you try and do one every year or like every other year? I've or? tried and then I, that's why I, uh, I need a break now. Uh, no, I, I did one a year for two years, mm. I think, three years. I did a Kama Sutra. Kama Sutra exhibition was a nice one too. And then, no, the third year I did more like smaller exhibitions, like one in Italy and kind of... Right, right. But I haven't, yeah... Last year, I just freaked out. I realized I, I hadn't had one. I hadn't done personal work yeah. for yeah, more than a year, like a year and a half or something. Right, okay. And that's when I got really frustrated. I took three months off. Really? Yeah. But and actually, think- I, I needed those three months to relax. <laughs> but did, did, was it three months like back to back? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. But I didn't really... I know, that was it. And the, I did... I didn't really stop working. Everyone was like, it was on a real sabbatical. I just stopped taking clients. Right, okay. But I still, I had to do my new website. Right, okay. And that yeah. took, like, I had 99 projects to shoot. It was crazy. Really? And we were working on it with Guy from our side, and we, we worked on it for six months. And I think the, at least a good month and a half of, those, of that break was me shooting stuff every day, uploading stuff. What do you mean shooting stuff? Uh, taking pictures. Taking pictures of the product. Taking pictures of the stuff, yeah. Making, you know, retouching them. Uh, so when so when something like those Carluccio's things get made and you get one and mm. you hold on to it uh, so you can photograph it later yeah. on. Okay. I'm really bad at holding on to things, though. Yeah. Is your house full of stuff? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. actually. <laughs> that you made. It's like, it's like my old megalomaniac uh, <laughs> little house. Yeah, little photographs of yourself. Yeah, it has ton, tons of Budweiser beers. <laughs> yeah, oh man, I'd totally be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so can you trace it back, like when you do an exhibition uh, and people uh, are sort of approaching for your work afterwards, are those, do you think those people actually came to that exhibition or do you think no. that they just heard about it? No, I think, I think most of them heard about it or saw the images or... Yeah. Who are those people? You, what, what, what's their job title? 
like somebody from Aldo who hires you? Is it an uh, agency she's a person? Creative, or? like uh, okay. no, no, yeah, she was probably art director, mostly art directors. Art director, yeah, of the art director for that company. Yeah, okay, for right. not for the company, well, yeah, for an agency, for, for an the agency. advertising agency, right. or yeah. for the for Carluccio's, and most of the time it's the agency actually. I mean, it's any like even Carluccio's, it was the agency who was taking care of them who was this amazing little agency called Irving & Co. And um, the guy, the boss, Julian, is the one who saw it. And uh, I don't know, actually, if he saw Hide and Seek. Must have, probably he did. But yeah, and he's the one who showed it to the MD of Carluccio and said, look, that's kind of, we want to do something about a city. This is what she does. Mm. It would be really interesting. So I think it's, yeah, those creative kind of feedback to the clients. So how does that conversation go? Do you go and have a meeting with them and like the the clients there and the agencies there and you sort of throw around mm. ideas or? I wish it happened like this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with the good people, it happens like this. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, with Julian, it always happens. Like he comes with like printed stuff. We meet in a cafe, uh -huh. usually in Carluccio's, uh -huh. <laughs> even if it's for a different client. <laughs> and um, he pulls out the stuff and we discuss. And I, I love that. But you've got less and less of that now. Like, actually, I found lately that I think the briefs from uh, ad agencies are becoming more and more poor, like really poor and poorer. Like, you know, we what a great brief is and that's what Aldo was was Aldo was like a 20 page PDF about the concept of the campaign wow. and uh, image research and one of those pages was my work and that was it the rest was like concept stuff and that's when I really got excited so when you say concept stuff what is that? Well, it's just like, kind of, they had this idea and the whole idea that was going to go across all photography and illustration and everything was um, the kind of grass vs. pool, like grass vs. water, so green and blue and this kind of conflicting of, yeah, like, yeah. those two textures. Mm. Um, and then they had, like, lots of reference from uh, Guy Bourdin and, like, amazing photographers. Mm. And they just had ideas. Like, they did lots of mock-ups. They even did sketches, you know, and, and that was great because... Because then that gives you a lot to kind of get, you know, get started on. That and sounds also kind of like perfectly suited to your work, like yeah. contrasting textures and keyboard down and stuff like that. Yeah, and I think that's why as well they did, yeah, and I also think like that's when a, an agency is really good. It's when they choose you, not because they think it's great to have your name on something, but mm. because they think you're exactly right for the job. And I yeah. think that mm. job was like this. But sometimes I, you know, people just want, some you know to me to do my thing so they can say they've worked with me or so I don't know it's and sometimes yeah. like I'm not the right person for the job like yeah, yeah. you don't want me actually and, <laughs> and 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 so when you when you uh, once you got through that bit do you give people sketches and yeah. do they kind of approve kind of like you do like yeah. a, a bunch of thumbnails or something and then people approve that or yeah I do a lot of sketches actually at the beginning because I'm very in in the beginning phase I'm very prolific and then once we set on a, once we're set on one composition, then that's when it really takes me time to kind of refine it and, you know, pare it down and stuff. So yeah, I send different ideas, different sketches. I like doing uh, presentations as well. Yeah, I think it's right. probably in the, person or in person it's even better. But even when I send some, I never send like just a, an image like a JPEG or a PNG of a sketch to a client. I always do like title page. You know, I do like yeah, I, yeah. like I used to do at Airside. It's like a pitch work. Right. It's like you have to take them, especially if you're not there in person, to explain your thought process. Mm. You have to take them through the narrative with your PDF. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just like, you're letting them kind of react, you know, I like it, I don't like it. Kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. Way. They're not basing on it. Yeah. And what, uh, one thing I was going to ask about, like, 
you know, like you're kind of working at like a higher level of like if you get picked, it's like part of a big broad campaign, and I imagine that's like a like a kind of big big deal or a big gig in Illustrator's world. Um, to get that, do you have when they come to you? Do you have to do like a pitch? No. So they just go. We just want you for this thing. I think do you don't. Really? You don't pitch. A lot in I was just going to say, we're in the wrong industry. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we need to start ripping off Malika well, and doing yeah. T-shirts. Malika yeah. Farber's illustration. No, but to stuff. be honest, I think a lot of illustrators um, still pitch. A lot of agents still still ask for illustrators to pitch. Yeah. Um, or to do a test illustration and buy test illustrations, this kind of stuff. It's just that I've said no from the first day. Okay. I just decided, like, you know what? There is, there is enough... There is enough in my portfolio for you to, to hmm. see if you want that or not. So it's, yeah, yeah. It's just, or, you know, sometimes a paid pitch, I'm fine. You know, they never want a paid pitch. No. But that I'm like, okay, why not? If it's nice and the... Well, I think it totally makes sense though. I mean, like, I was talking to someone and they did, uh, like, mutual friends and they were pitching on something and uh, they, like, do graphic design and stuff like that. And then the agency... Uh, wanted like wanted to work with them, but then they asked them to refine some of the graphics they presented, and they were like, "Well, no, because if we do that, that's the job." Do you know what I mean? Like, if we give you the final image, then in the pitch, then I've done the job before it's even awarded, (laughs) and it's uh, so I suppose that because it's it's definitely not kind of like putting down like the level of works in graphic design or illustration, but it's it's sort of halfway. No, but Along of course it's halfway there. Yeah. But I think also like as as directors, you know, even though like uh, you know you have a strong like point of view and style in what you do, they still I guess like um, it's I think it's less samey samey. Do you know what I mean? It's like in illustration, it's quite, you know, you can look at like five of my illustration and be like, okay, yeah, that's yeah. They don't they don't need a, it doesn't require a lot of imagination for them to imagine their idea with that style. Whereas yeah, I yeah. think when you're a graphic designer or a director, the solution, the story, everything you come up with can be different to what you just did last. You know, it kind of, even right. though there is a voice, it's a bit more, you can go uh, off road a bit more. Does, that, yeah. does it ever feel limiting to you at all? Yeah. Yeah. So are you sort of envious of people who are like try a million different styles and one week they're using paints on a canvas and the next week it's like, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm I'm, I'm very envious of people who can do everything really well, which right, I think okay. is rare. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's almost nobody. I think it's I think it's great. Uh, yeah, I'm a super. I'm, I met this guy in um, uh, in in Goa. I went to do like a design conference, and I met this designer called Tinop um, from Bangkok. He's amazing. Like I've. Ne- I, I haven't had like such a work crush in a really <laughs> long time. He did his 40 minutes talk and every single slide I was like, oh my God, you're a genius. And this guy is a genius. What's and his he name? can do Tinop. Tinop. Okay. Uh, he's amazing. He can do everything. Really? I'm, I've never seen that. He paints like beautifully. His graphic design, I mean, he, he creates typography, but he also does like cut paper sculptures. I mean, he's just, really? he even like created like a, he creates objects. I mean, it's crazy. This guy is crazy. Wow, and is yeah. he is he well known? Yeah, I think in in a small in a smallish community, but he's so humble. He's just beyond humble. He's just like right. yeah. I've never probably I want to be his agent. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
but he's like, and he's a teacher as well. I think he's going to be a great, really right, amazing okay. teacher. Um, but yeah, he's got his studio. He's doing well. He's got really nice clients. And right. he's just like, he's a very low-key kind of under-the-radar guy. He never wants to be like one of the big shots. But right, right. he will, you know, his work will stay forever, like for a really long time. Right, right, right. I think. Are you ambitious, do you think? Um, yeah, I think I've, I've always been. Like, I, I never wanted to to struggle, you know, to kind of, to really suffer. I, I, was, I was, was like, oh, no, I really, you know, I want to make it and I want to, you know, I don't want to feel rejected all my life and kind of thinking like, oh, I'm... A... So, yeah, I guess I always kind of had that drive. And but is that like a drive to make money or to... It was when I was younger. It was, but actually I realised it, it's not. Actually, it's not. I think there is a, there is a point where, you know, when I started living off it and being fine and going, being able to go on holiday and, you know, going to a restaurant with my friends and doing what I wanted to do, basically, that's when I was like, actually, I don't want more. I don't... That's not what motivates me. And, mm. and I'm saying no these days to a lot of money jobs just because I don't need it. And I don't, if it doesn't make me happy, it doesn't make me happy to see money accumulating. So it's right. just, yeah, I think in, I don't want to wake up one day and be like, oh my God, what I've done for the past five years is so bad. I'm really, you know, I don't know. Yeah, that was one thing I was going to ask when you took three months off. Were you like, was it tough? Because like pictures were coming through that you were like, "Fuck, I'd really like to do this." Yeah, or... but actually, I told I told John not to talk to me. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> that, that's your agent. Yeah. He said, "I don't want to know." I was like, "Unless I, I think I told him, unless Hermes wants me to do a silk, <laughs> yeah. you know, scarf, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. or the Cannes Festival wants me to do yeah, that, yeah. don't email me." <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, that's a kind of interesting question is like is it what uh, what are like the brands you, that you still want to work with or or maybe like projects that you you were close to winning but didn't happen that you would have loved oh yeah or? my favorite like seriously it was my dream project that didn't happen and that was really my dream project it was um the crazy horse in paris oh right yeah wicked i love it's such a i love it. it's like life happening it's like you know yeah. serendipity and stuff like that yeah. i had this facebook friend i had this girl on facebook who was uh, lada who was a russian uh, dancer for the crazy horse so she was like a cabaret dancer no way and i mean she was stunning as you yeah, can I imagine went and saw it. i went and saw it when they did like a session in in the in london i think it was on the south uh, Bank. but you have to see the show in, in paris. paris it's right. just like it's stunning and i i never i always thought it was really um old school and kind of a bit boring mm. and uh, she invited me to the show because she really liked my work she was like can you come you know i'm doing like a special number mm. this christmas do you want to come and see it and i was in paris that week and i was like yeah come on i'll come so um i went with um with a friend and then basically we i i I saw the show and it was all like really graphic lights yeah, and yeah. like stripes and dots and it was so futuristic yeah, and, yeah. and gorgeous. And so when I left the show, I was like, I'm mesmerized and I kind of thought that is my dream client. I always knew it was going to be my dream client, but after seeing the show, I was like, yeah. And then it happened really quickly. Lada gave my name to the art director, the to the director of the cabaret. And she emailed, I went on holiday actually, and I was like, oh, I'll email when I come back. Actually, she emailed me when I was on holiday being like, I just saw your work. Do you want to come yeah. in and have a chat? And we had such a, like, I love that girl. She was really cool. And we, we were really on the same, you know, wavelengths. And, yeah. and in the end, I did a pitch. I told her like, you know, I'm going to do, do a week of work on it. And if you like it, we move ahead. If you don't, mm. you know, we stop there and, you know, it's free. And uh, because I really wanted to do that job. 
and I did it and she loved it. Yeah. But it never happened. It's one <sighs> kind of this like politics kind of she actually never showed it to the well, But board. what would it what would it be like um artwork for one of the it would dances? Have been the whole branding. For the for the whole show, yeah. for, not for the show. Oh, but right. In the in the long run, what I had in my mind in my mind was that was like let's yeah. take over the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, it was originally like they had a, um, I think they had a very um, kind of yeah a bit dated like their image is really dated like yeah. their website it's an is old, awful. It's a really old thing, right? It is. Yeah. But yeah. also like they redid their website not long ago and it's so bad. Oh. You know? And it's just like it's such a shame because yeah, yeah like I could see your work fitting in with it it's, so perfectly. Oh, that was my dream job. I was so gutted. Oh man, you should pursue it again. I think. No, but just died. keep knocking down. Uh, it, I, I tried. I did it. I right. waited for a year. Uh. I waited for a year, year and a half even, and then I kind of told her like. You know, that's it. But I might still do the series, but for my for myself, like yeah. as a personal kind of thing. But that would have been my dream project. Ah, oh, that would have been wicked. That would have been amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. do you think it would be better if you do it for yourself or if you do it for the brand? Like, would it? No, I think sometimes, like, because that job was typically for them. It's almost like I'm. My inspiration is their brand. Right. Okay. So it's kind of not. I think it's better if we do it together than. You know, otherwise it's me reappropriating those kind of visuals, you know, those costumes and everything, which mm. I didn't design. So it's kind of a, yeah. it's a bit of a tricky one, I think. But uh, I suppose we haven't really explained what it is. Crazy Horse is like a burlesque cabaret yeah. sort of. Very sexy burlesque. Very sexy, yeah. But like very, like all the girls are exactly the same. It's yeah. very um, controlled. Like all the girls are exactly the same height, exactly same the same legs. type of body, same yeah. length of legs. And so they all look like dolls. Kind of like, and so they do a lot of like mirror play, and it's very, very sexy. It's incredibly erotic. Yeah, no, it's amazing. So it's if really anyone cool. goes to Paris, you should go see the show. Mm. It's expensive a bit, but it's worth it. I was, I was going to ask about. So you, I guess you've touched on it already, but like a lot of the work that you've done that has got a bunch of attention is pretty sexy. Um, I guess illustration um, tends to feel a bit professional sometimes, or a bit safe. Like, was there ever any kind of question whether you were, like, not going to do that? Or did that not no. even come into your mind? No. Is that, just a, is that a really English question? <laughs> I was going to say... Some of your stuff's a bit gonna, naughty. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm French, you know? <laughs> no, but I, actually, it's, it's because I never... Originally, I didn't think I was going to become a commercial illustrator. I never thought I was... So I started playing with erotic things at Airside, and it was like a bit of fun on my downtime. That wasn't my job. And it never occurred to me that it wasn't going to be very uh, commercial or, right. you know, so I just, I, and also I, I just saw there's so, so much bad erotic art out there. It's just it's so much distasteful stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I always felt like it, you know, it, it would be interesting. And also a lot of erotic things are very male. Right, oriented. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, what's like the worst erotic art that you uh, can imagine? Is like when you're talking about a bad erotic art, are you talking about kind of Frank Frazetta or... No, I think... Uh, is it like rom I don't romance novels I don't, novels I don't or even look... Like no, romance... Yeah, but romance novel, it's not even erotic. It's like, a, it's a lot of fade and... No, I don't even... Yeah, it's also like kind of glossy. I see a lot of glossy, so much detail... And, um, yeah, I can't even... I don't remember the names of, mm, of people mm, mm. I don't like. Sure, sure, <laughs> yeah. fair enough. I think even, like, the Karma Sutra stuff is, like, it's pretty sexy, but it doesn't feel, like... But it's crude. Really, yeah. It doesn't feel crude, do you know no. what I mean? It doesn't feel like... Um, 
I think it's actually I think it's actually quite funny. When I look yeah. at it, I find it quite funny. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's like because they look so static. It's like there is some something quite funny in the really unnatural position that they are into. You know, <laughs> what, where did the idea for that come from? Because it is like you know, like blending the Karma Sutra with, with the alphabet, like it doesn't... Um, like because it was a book cover, oh, originally. Okay. It was right. um, the first time I tackled that project. Uh, I didn't do the whole alphabet. I just did this book cover, and my whole concept was to spell out Kama Sutra, but in really big letters, so that it wasn't, it wasn't to actually spell it, but it mm. was basically to wrap those words around the front and back cover so that when you... Unf- it was like the little surprise of the book uh, so that okay. when you unfold the mm. whole cover, you actually can read it. Right. But all you can see is like a bit of the R, a bit of the M. Right, right, right. And was that a commission? It was Penguin, yeah. Uh, Penguin okay, books. okay, right, right. And then you just thought, oh, I'm going to just do the whole alphabet. Yeah, exactly. It took me... I think it took me a year. Yeah. But when I, I did like three different A's for the cover because I had three different A's. And uh, so I think altogether I did like six or seven letters. So I was like, 20 to go, let's go. (laughs) I just thought like, I don't know, I really wanted to finish that project. It just felt like it it deserved a bit more attention. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed doing that. I also kind of knew it was going to be the last time I was doing a proper kind of alphabet and sexy because I'd done it before. Mm. And it was kind of, I think after that, after that, the Kama Sutra, I kind of toned down the the erotic work a bit. I kind of felt like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. You know, once in a while I do something slightly sexy, but that's, you know, that was the big kind of... That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go for broke. Yeah. <laughs> I still remember at the exhibition that there was a... That made me so happy, actually. I remember there was this mum with her kids at Pick Me Up and oh, they yeah, put yeah. my show, like my... Um, my thing, like, right at the back of the room. Yeah, yeah. And I remember there was a moment, she was, like, you know, talking to her kid, but, you know, kind of talking in the air and kind of not looking where he was, like, you know, come on, come on, Sam, or whatever. Yeah. And then, actually, she turned around, and he was, like, alone, standing in front of my 26 letters, and he was just, like, mesmerized. <laughs> he was just, he would not move, and he was just like this. And she got so, like, <gasps> palpitation, and she just, like, really? You know, really, she got quite intense. Like, she really grabbed his arm and, and took him away, kind of angry, and I was like, whoa, oh, chill and how, out. And how did you feel? Did you feel like... I was, re- I was laughing. I was, like, really proud. <laughs> and I was like, actually, the thing is, like, I actually thought, that kid doesn't see what you see. He just yeah, doesn't. Yeah. He sees big blocks of colours, and he doesn't think about it with in the way you do. I do reckon he's probably going to remember it for the rest of his life. Picked up some good moves. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's, he's got his yeah. notebook out. He's like, yeah. yeah. His girlfriends will thank <laughs> you one day. <laughs> <laughs> and do you, and how do people talk to you about it generally? Are people sort of quite shy about uh, asking you questions about this stuff, or do you find that people? It's kind of broken down those barriers already. It, it did. No, I think it depends on people. Girls are way more upfront about it. Like in India, it was really funny because like girls were all because chemistry was actually big in India because mm. it comes from there, and um, and so they were kind of asking questions and one, you know, I was really happy about that. But the boys, oh my God! I mean, the boys, the men, like it was just like petrified, like they yeah, really? could not talk about it, like. <laughs> No, I think talking. I think for a man to talk to women about that is much more. I don't know, stressful. I don't know. I'm not a yeah. man. I suppose if you're like bringing it up with someone who, if I just started trying to talk to a girl about the karma sutra in a pub or something, it'd be weird. <laughs> but if I know the person's yeah, done an alphabet, yeah, like in it, I don't think that. I don't know. I don't feel that weird. No, I think in in um. Oh, just in India. No. Or just generally. 
And I think generally girls are a bit more upfront, you know, kind of yeah, yeah. open about it. But but yeah, of course, in London, in the creative industry in London, people are very, uh, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. they talk about, you know, they ask me stuff and mm. yeah, they're quite. Uh, right. The funny thing actually is when it comes to dating. Oh, really? You can't, yeah, it's just like, you can't, I'm kind of like, I'm pretending I never did that project. Why? I, because actually, I Expectations. think... Expectations. Yeah, I think some, <laughs> I think people project, they project, really? you know, the same way before the camera to try, everyone thought I was a lesbian. Oh, because really? Because I was only drawing girls. And so really? People, yeah, so people kind of, I think, project an, an image of like, in the same way they expect me to look like what I draw. Like to have like red nails and be really glamorous and really oh, right. together and sharp. I mean, you've seen my hair and no one can see it, but <laughs> it just doesn't happen. <laughs> right. So but, some people directly ask you, are you a lesbian? Yeah, it happened. I mean, not many people, especially right, right. in London. Just because but, you like to draw girls? But people would write it on blogs or... What, like assuming that you're a lesbian yeah, artist? Yeah, they even like had this one article I remember saying like, oh, Malika Favu hates guys. Hates men. I was just like, why? Like <laughs> people on the internet, are mad, yeah, it's like, it's like yeah. public cock blocking. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you need to put people in a box. Like, yeah, yeah I suppose so. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's true. Mm. It reassures you. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. But um, I, I was going to ask you, like, when you when you're working, are you is everything that you do on the computer, or do you keep sketchbooks and do you use pencils and Things like that. No, I don't. Not anymore. I uh, no, I sketch directly on computer for sure. But what I do a lot is I take a lot of photography. So I lots of photographs. But it took me again because you know the, the usual ways like sketching on paper, and it, I felt really guilty about it for years. I was kind of like trying, but it wasn't really working for the the type of work I was doing. And when I discovered photography, uh, photography, I was just like, oh my god, that is my process. Right. That's basically how I work. Oh. And, and when I did this project in um, the Canary Island when I was sent to draw the island, and that's everyone else had sketchbooks. And I was like, I'm sorry, I can't give you a sketchbook because that's not the way I work. Oh, but there was a film, there was like a, they made a little film about it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've seen it. It's and I'm great. taking pictures and yeah, I'm kind yeah, of yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And so I was just going around with my, so, with my camera, and that's what I do now. Like, um, yeah, I take a lot of pictures. And that's kind of more the thought process because I have a very hard time sketching out I, I think what I do doesn't work on pen and paper it's not convincing because the whole strength of it is the colors and the shapes and if you don't show that it doesn't yeah it just doesn't bring the idea across so I stopped doing it but there was a certain point where you used to keep sketchbooks and draw and things well like I, I used to I have been drawing yeah I, yeah I used to draw like every day I think every yeah. day since I was a kid I never stopped and you stopped and now you have stopped well I don't because I still draw, but I draw on the tablet. Right. But I still, it's still draw, for me, it's the same. It's like... And you use Illustrator. And yeah. Okay. So you go straight into Illustrator. Yeah. But sometimes I even sketch in black and white, like, like kind of loose line on Illustrator. But yeah, it's just quicker for, yeah, for my process. But I think if I had to go back to something uh, kind of handmade, I would go into watercolor. Because that's probably the closest, you know, with the use of negative space and the kind of, that would be the closest kind of medium, I think. So you, you, don't, you, you stopped it just because it was a detriment to your process? No, because it didn't bring anything to the table. It was just me 
trying to appease my guilt of not drawing on paper anymore. Right, okay. But then what about like just for like pleasure? This like, oh, I want to sketch something. You just no, went, you don't do that. I, no, but I draw like 10 hours a day every oh, day. Right, right, There's right, no okay. pleasure in sketching for myself anymore. Right, okay. I just, I, I actually, I get a, a massive kick when I'm working on something I really love, even if it's for myself. But Right, okay. But I don't have these moments where I'm like, oh, I just need to sketch something. Right, yeah, It doesn't yeah, yeah. like, it doesn't happen. It's more, I get that with photography much more. Right, okay. When so, I take pictures and I see something cool, that's when I get like, ooh, you, you're I You're never like, let's grab the pen and paper. You're like, let's grab the camera. Yeah. So have you got more and more interested in photography as a, an art form? In maybe sort of... Um, I've always loved photography. Like, I mean, I love... Uh, it's something... But always like quite surreal, like photography that's always in between illustration and photography. Mm. But... Um, but I'm not really, the funny thing is like, because I use it more as a tool to capture kind of moments and things in real life, I don't, I'm not really into the technical aspect of it, for example. Right, okay. I don't really, I just need like, I need two lens, one simple camera, and that's it. I'm not like kind of getting it. I don't, I don't want to become a photographer. Right, okay. For example. I just, and I remember when I, uh, when I shot um, my stuff for my portfolio, for my website, when I started mm -hmm. shooting my objects, and I remember I have a lot of friends who are graphic designers, uh, very, you know, very good ones, but kind of like really, uh, what's the word, uh, you know, Swiss kind of, right. how do you say, uh, discipline designers, you know, do right. things, you know, they do beautiful like fashion photo shoot and retouching stuff. And, and anyway, and I was shooting my stuff with my camera on my floor in my and you know there was a one of my friends told me like I don't understand I don't get it like seriously why don't you get like why don't you shoot in a studio why don't you even like get a light box like why don't you do it professionally like you're to that you know you should be up to that standard I really didn't and I can understand like he was like I don't understand you're so hard on yourself when it comes to your drawings mm. but then when it comes to doing that you're like well doing it like and I was like well it works for me. Like, it's like yeah, if, yeah. If, if it works in my eye, if when I look at it, I'm like, yeah, it looks fine. Then why would I? Yeah. You know? And then I was following the sun, so I could only shoot two hours a day. And he was like, <laughs> really? And I was like, well, what's Oh, what's so you weren't what? even using any additional lights? No. Or anything? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was actually following the sun and moving around my flat. Oh, really? <laughs> That's wicked. <laughs> but then I was photographing. The, what what mattered was... The stuff I was photographing, not the photography, as long as it looked. Yeah. You know, it was on my portfolio, and it was like, okay, I'm gonna shoot a magazine cover on a colored paper. I, I can't be, I can't be, yeah, I can't be fat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I think you can't, like, you know, you can't invent things you can't see. Mm. You know, and I always, I always tell people like, you know, you need to. It's all about educating your eye. And when I look at my own illustration I can see all the little mistakes and I can see all the little things I can, and that's why it bugs me and that's why I fix them because I can see it I don't care if someone else can see it I just my eye is kind of what frustrates me mm. but when I do that I retouch pictures and I you know I try to get like a nice flat light and but there is a point where I can't see the difference and I'm like why would I mm. just keep going at it if you know, I don't. Yeah, know. if it's not going to satisfy you. Yeah, any, any I'm like maybe maybe in ten years I'll look at my as those photographs and be like, oh my god, how did I, you know? And that day I'll start shooting properly. But until yeah. that comes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you got a shop on your website, don't you? Yeah. You sell prints yeah. and stuff. Do you manage all that or is there somebody else? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I used to. I used to manage it. But uh, now I have a, thankfully, I have an assistant two days a week. I have a girl who's a friend as well. I love working with friends. She's, uh, she's helping me twice a week because I can't. I can't go to the post office and package stuff. I just like so much work. It's so much work and so much energy to reply to emails and and actually the shop is. I wanted to develop it. I knew it was going to get bigger when I launched the new website because it was finally integrated. And also, I want I wanted to do new prints. So mm. you know, I knew like the workload was going to be too much. So she get, she got in and she helped me. She's amazing. And she's just doing it. I don't even have to. I don't even have the email anymore. I don't even no, have access to the email. I just yeah. let go of yeah. it. But but I think it's important because even if I'm not doing like a big exhibition, it keeps me doing self-initiated work, doing stuff. Yeah. Kind of because I want to feed that shop. I want to like bring you know do new stuff. And uh, uh, how much money do you make out of it? Um, honestly, it pays for the salary of one person. So it doesn't make, it's not like a money-making thing, but I'm not losing money. And I kind of, that was a model that um, Airside had and that I believed in, which was you do it for the love, uh, it pays, it, it was exactly the same. It paid for one salary. So it pays for the girl who is exactly. your mate. It pays, and a, a bit more actually, I could, I think I, I could have someone full-time on it. And oh, right, okay. so it's kind of this, and then it pays for the, for her work and you know even if I needed you know a bit more but also then it means I can invest in products I can invest in stuff yeah. and some stuff are not going to work and yeah you know and right now actually I really want to get into making objects and oh, so really? that's going to be a different production process and that's when you need that kind of cash flow to because I always thought like what what the shop brings the shop can use it's kind of it's its yeah, own yeah, little yeah. entity mm. um, so basically all the profit goes into making new stuff. Yeah. That's kind of the idea. But I don't want to become like a, I don't want to like become a big shop and I, I say no systematically to any like retail, like really? putting my prints in places. Uh, yeah, I just, I can't. Why? Because I, it's, it's a different thing, I think. It's a, then I'm going to start seeing my stuff on mugs and right. notebooks and what that just means the end right. it, it doesn't I think it's a great thing if, if that's what you want but um, I like keeping it small right. I quite like it I like making limited editions I like mm -hmm. that do that you think that gives you more longevity as an artist only time will tell I have no yeah. idea <laughs> but I think it's you know when there was like the wound that stuff on the, in the tube plus you know, the, right, yeah, yeah. there was stuff at one point. There was stuff everywhere in London, and I know, and I know people are getting bored of it, and and that's why, you know, you you kind of have to move on. But then it can, you know, it really works for some illustrators, and and then you become your own brand, and you don't need to take any commercial work. That's how you live, and but you kind of, I think the problem I have is that my work is so commercial. It can be, you know, because it's so simple. It's a bit like what happened with the Kama Sutra. Mm. If you put it on the wrong thing, it can completely change the change tone of the voice. Yeah, yeah. I think some people, their work is strong enough. It's more like their work on this, but it's not going to devaluate their work. Mm. I think if, if you start taking the girls I draw and putting them on panties, mm. that's yeah, the yeah. end. You know, yeah, it, it, then yeah, it becomes it bad illustration. Yeah. You know, it's kind yeah, of... Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I don't know. For now, I just want to yeah, stay small and... You know, 
that part is for fun. It's not, if I wanted to leave of the shop, it might be a different story, but that's not the idea for now. Have you done any um, like collaborations with like clothing brands or... I mean, I suppose yeah. you've done the Budweiser can and Carluccio packaging. And but that was more like a real collaboration. A yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is more like commissions. I've done a, um, a bag collaboration with a Korean um, luxury brand in Korea, Koron. It was really nice, actually, like le you know, leather bags. And a um, long time ago, I did a capsule collection with Volcom, the streetwear brand. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that didn't go very well. <laughs> uh, and actually, this week, I'm doing... Um, we're launching... I'm working with some um, guys at Unmade, at Somerset House. They're doing, like, a interactive knitwear type oh, right. of platform. So we're doing jumpers. Oh, so actually, wicked. I'm really interested in doing that now, like, collaborations, right. more of that. Yeah. Kind of yeah, I suppose that must be fun. Yeah. Like, I love the idea of working people who have a craft, you know, kind of like a skill, and then just yeah. mixing the two, and everyone has ownership of the... So, uh, yeah, no, that, that, that I really like. Mm. And collaborations are great because you get... It's not like a brief. It's not advertising. It's actually no. you get the freedom to, to put your own stamp on things because people want your voice and kind of... You need to, you're signing it, basically. yeah. And, and, and they approach you directly for that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if it's just like a collaboration, you, I suppose that must just work both ways. Is there ever, I mean, you sort of spoke briefly about the crazy horse. Have you ever like contacted a brand and just been like, I want to collaborate with you or, no. or a particular artist or anything? No, I think I would do it for, I have a project in mind in which I will need to do that, but it'd be more like kind of contacting craftsmen and, you know, yeah, definitely I would do it. Mm. But I never, um, no, because I, it, it's funny, it's like I always felt like the crazy horse, for example, I would have contacted if she didn't, yeah. you know, kind of yeah, yeah. be like, okay, that's it. But I also find that when you when you contact people, when they don't, find you on their own. They don't have the same respect for your work. Yeah, of course. So yeah. I think, you know, it depends how much do you want to work with these people. But if you're like, oh, I really want to work with you, and then they're like, oh, great. Well, can you do it for 50 quid then? Because you're so excited. Right, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, no, I don't want to work with you that much. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it depends. If you, if, it's, if you really, really, really want to work with someone, I think it's worth it. But some of the time, I think it's, it's better to kind of go the other way and kind of try to put things on their radar right, so that okay, eventually yeah. they see your work. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. Drip feed it in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you've been talking about like how your style's progressed and like can totally see looking over the last several years of your work how there's been like a progression but like how would you describe the way in which it's gone? I think it's gone more narrative. Like more, I actually think it's, gonna, it's gotten more conceptual like or concept-based. Like at the beginning, I was I was working a lot on instinct and just basically on drawing what I wanted to draw, which was women, sexy women, glamorous women, clothes, stuff like that. And uh, and I was doing that, and it was fine. And then I started, you know, as it went on, I actually started thinking and kind of being a bit more of a, you know, what story am I going to tell? And and so I think the narrative layers kind of went, you know, went deeper and. I think the best example of that is probably the BAFTAs, which I, yeah, I wouldn't have done three years ago, I think. You know, it was a whole different... Yeah, it's almost like it was using my style and, and you know, negative space as a device, but 
kind of, you know, it had new things, it had gradients, it had more, it was much more figurative. So I think in places it's actually also going more figurative and more kind of um, cinematic. And, and on some places it's going more abstract and more like geometric. So I think it's going kind of this, in these two different directions. It's really interesting because I, I, maybe I'm talking a load of nonsense here, but I, uh, I've kind of noticed with a lot of graphic design, uh, like for example, the iPhone has gone from being this um, quite representational, like three-dimensional um, icons and stuff to being like much more flat. Yeah. Because I kind of feel like your stuff's gone in the opposite direction. Yeah, actually. <laughs> and it looks like more modern somehow. Like, I don't know how that works. But I think it's also because you learn, like uh, the more you draw, the better you draw. It's just simple. And when you... And when you draw for like, I, now I can draw things I could never have drawn like, you know, five years ago. And, um, and also I think at the beginning it was, I was more scared of going out of the boundaries of my style because I didn't really know who I was and, and you know, I didn't want to confuse myself or people too much. And I think now I'm at a stage where I'm less worried and I kind of, I kind of trust that whatever happens the same because it's the same thought process and that I have a very kind of structured thought process when I work it will come through yeah. you know it's still it's the same technique and it's the same thought process so it doesn't matter what I draw more or less or you know more details something it it will make sense I think mm. so I can I trust it more I think before I was a bit less daring but honestly the BAFTAs I was a bit scared really when, yeah when How it come? well it, it was I don't know, when it came... When, I had 10 days to do it. It was crazy, like the, the film covers, like the five yeah. film covers. And when I finished it, I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, does it look like me? Does it look... It doesn't. <laughs> right. Because I never used gradients, you know. I was so scared. I was like, oh... No, I remember seeing... Um, I remember being on the underground and they had, like, posters for it down yeah. there, right? And I, I knew it was you. Yeah, but that one... But that one, I think it's because there was a woman... And yeah, I was like, right. there is a sexy woman. In the way she's holding an yeah. award and there's an yeah, envelope. Exactly, well. and yeah. the, there is a, the shadow is a double, a different shadow. But that one, I don't know, I trusted it looked like mine because there was a sexy woman. And, and, but for the films, I couldn't, I couldn't right. draw women. I had to draw like, you know, the characters from the film. Or Then when I saw them, I was like, no, actually, I, you know, uh, it's one of my favorite projects from last year. But I was a bit like, okay, okay. And is it like well, I was talking earlier on about how your stuff's on taxis and in the underground and stuff? Is that just in London or is that is there other cities no, there as well? No, there are bits and it's bits and pieces like basically here and there, like you know, one one shop in Korea and then one you know shopping center in mm. Japan or you know one place in Paris. But it's never I don't I rarely get to see my stuff, which is great because <laughs> everyone's like, oh, I see it all the time. I'm like, I never see it because I don't leave my flat. I can't, <laughs> it's mental. Like I, like, I can't go get a coffee or like drink a beer or like go on the underground without. Like, oh, I think really it's particularly the un wait, underground. Wait until a Walker's crisps come. Oh, really? Yeah, shit. Mate, okay. I'm going to be I like a Walker's crisps. Sure. <laughs> what what, fla what flavour? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every flavour. Really? Oh, mate, you better not have fucked up cheese and onion. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't if I. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Of course you did. Yeah, I did. You did you do roast chicken? That's quite a rare no, one. No, I didn't. No, no I just did Prong like, cocktail? I think I just did like the basic one. I, 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 honestly, I think I didn't even... Salt uh, and Lineker. Look, I think I didn't even look at the flavours at the end. It was just oh, like really? some kind of blurb on my... 
I know when it's green, when it's red, when it's yellow. Yeah. It was for the American. Uh, it was for the US. So oh, they got it's called, in America. No, it's called Lay's. 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 Called yeah. Is it the same company? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Pepsi. Right, Big company. Right, right. Different flavors, though. Oh, right. Yeah, maybe they wouldn't have cheese and onion yeah, in America. Yeah, maybe they don't. No, I think they, they do, don't think actually. They have salt and vinegar. No, they don't have that. That is very British. <laughs> It's weird oh, because it's like England. one of the big flavours, isn't it? It's one of the big yeah. three. Like I big think four. we've even got salt and vinegar condoms. Yeah, but it's England. because you put vinegar on, on fries. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that makes sense. I think that there's more of a variety of flavours in crisps in England than any other country. Correct me if I'm wrong, but... Like, I think so. Yeah we, yeah. yeah, we do like... We really like to branch out. There's not many areas of cuisine which we... It's getting a bit silly now, though. Like, when you go into, like supermarket and it's just like because walkers have their like oh, we're talking about crisps now sorry mm. should be talking about you but when you go into like no, no, walkers have their crisp. like sensations <laughs> ones and they're just like mental what do they have I never go for no, but they've got, like yeah the, the entire section of yeah. crisp is just crazy yeah I remember actually when I when I arrived in the UK I wanted to buy a pack of crisp and the only thing I could find was like the family pack I was oh, just right. like I that is thought, massive I always think that's the opposite, like whenever I go to mainland Europe or America as well sometimes, you get these massive packets of crisps, whereas you're talking about the family pack that's like yeah. a massive pack full of lots of little packs, yeah. right? Mm. But there's still lots of little packs. That's true, actually. But I didn't know. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> oh, what, you just bought like you So I just bought the big one. I was like, I've never seen such a big pack. And then it was so, full of tiny Man, that would be awesome to do design for crisps. No? <laughs> Well, <laughs> it is it is what it is. Yeah, crisps. No, but I think it's it's more it's not it's not down to crisp or anything. It's just that Client. it's yeah, it's just so big. It's just you know when you start taking on clients like Pepsi, it's just it's just a whole different. Oh, Lay's is owned Pepsi. by Pepsi. Yeah. Oh yeah, because the logo is a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah. And and so what else is? Are you doing any? Um, you're doing an animation at the moment as well. No. So basically. Um, um, actually, what happened now is what happened in the past few months is I'm working with like I've got a big client that I've been working for for a year and a half, kind of back to back, giving me new project. It's like a cosmetic brand. Um, it's not in the UK actually. It's called Sephora. Oh yeah, uh, I worked on a Sephora job yeah. with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. So that was yeah. the beginning. That was kind of yeah, yeah. so yeah. It has gone yeah. It has gone a long way since then. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was the beginning of that what you worked on and. Right. Um, yeah, and now so now I'm I'm kind of doing all their packaging. Oh wow, like that's awesome! All the kind of so it, and I love them because it's yeah. working directly with the client, mm. no agency, yeah, and a really good relationship of trust. So I'm gonna do a lot of my year is gonna be working on that. Right, and then on the side, I decided well, now I'm gonna try and focus on like nice editorial stuff. Like uh, I'm about to do like a just like a little Christmas card for Criterion Films, like this kind of oh, like okay. nice little projects yeah. with people I love, kind of yeah. you know working more with a New Yorker and this kind of stuff that don't pay the bill but just make you know make you think and right. make you really happy. Man, yeah, the New Yorker that'd be awesome. That's have amazing. you worked with them before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah. I love I love working with them. That's so cool. But my my dream that's still my dream project. The cover. Okay. Yeah, come on, yeah. I'd be okay yeah. to be paid 50 quid for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure no one from the New Yorker listens to our podcast. <laughs> that's, that's, that's our core audience. Yeah. <laughs> New Yorker art directors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was one more thing I wanted to ask you, which is how, how did you end up in London? 
Um, how did I end up in London? I just, I just left Paris. I, I graduated. I had like a BA in graphic design. I just felt like I wasn't ready to work. I was actually about to go work in advertising, like being like a, an art director in advertising, nothing to do with drawing. And, uh, and I just felt like I'm not ready to work. I don't feel ready. So I wanted to, to have like a year abroad or something. So I went to, um, with a friend, we went to Farnham, actually, in Surrey. So we went to the Surrey Institute or whatever. Um, and they were okay with us like um, go, uh, going straight into like how, second year. How did year you end up in the Surrey Institute? Because basically I was in this school in Paris and one of the teachers came and he basically asked like, who wants to show portfolios to this English guy who is coming and yeah. he's got this school and blah, blah, blah. And you don't need to start from the beginning because you're already, you know, ahead. So you can go straight into second or third year of BA. And so we, I went, I showed my portfolio, and he told me, like, oh, yeah, you can go straight into third year. And I was like, yeah. So basically, I had, the deal was, like, I had to do one year, and then I would have a BA. I would have, like, an English diploma, and I can have one year abroad. I saw it was really fun. And then I arrived there, and somehow he kind of backed up on his... He kind of went back on his word and kind of said, like, actually... How can he go back on his word? Because so. basically he was like, oh, I think you should start in second year because... I don't know, some kind of like percentage of your second year counts towards your diploma. Like, you, right. I don't know, it was some kind of political bullshit, really. It was more like because he wanted us to stay for two years and, you know, pay the fees and everything. I don't know, it just, yeah. But anyway, it was fun. No regret because I stayed, so I went into... So you stayed there for two years. Yeah, so basically my plan was I'm staying, whatever happened, I'm still staying. Ah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> whatever happened, my plan was I'm staying for one year. And then I'll pretend and I'll lie. I'll say I have a BA, but I don't. Um, but what happened is I had my internship at Airside uh, the summer of that year. So I stayed three months, and they kind of convinced me to go back and told me, just finish it, and, you know, and we'll give you some freelance, also because I couldn't afford it. Right. And, they were, and basically, they gave me freelance uh, while I was doing my last year. And after that, it was clear that I was going to London, you know, and... Mm. Uh, yeah, and then now it's been 11 years. Holy shit. Yeah, fuck, that's a long time. So when you were in Surrey Institute, that's like in the middle of nowhere, that college, isn't it? Yeah. It's like out in the field. But for, for a French person, that's a dream. Why? Because, because it's, like, it's like Harry Potter. It's like, <laughs> it's a dream thing. It's like you get to wear the funny costume, but also you live with 400 other you students. Don't, you don't in wear a school uniform at university. No, but for the graduation. Uh, uh, just the anticipation the of the I hat. You would, you would get oh, no, dressed sorry. up in a Harry Potter uniform. <laughs> 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 you turn amazing. up with a broomstick and be like, guys, well, I heard this is how you do it in England. <laughs> the real Frenchies. <laughs> no, but actually, the, the prospect of staying with 400 other students in a student village with, like, almost, you know, Victorian-looking little houses. Mm. Not inside. They didn't look like yeah. Victorian houses. But, you know, really cute, like, red brick little village, only with students mm. who are basically going to get pissed all the time. I mean, it was a dream. Like, someone who comes from Paris, it's a dream. And you're, and you're happy in London at the moment? Um, yeah, well, I, actually, I'm, I think I've done what I needed to do in London, in a way. And I'm kind of now I'm in a position where I, it's my home, and unless something better comes along, I'm staying here. But I can't see myself getting old in London and having a family in London. I can't. How come? 
I don't know. I think it's this city. It's just too expensive. It's too. Yeah. It's great for. It's. It kind of. It's like a. <laughs> a highway, you know, a super fast highway when you're young and you want things to happen. Right. But then for the quality of life, it's just, it's just ridiculous, I think. Because it's funny because, like, I know a lot of people who, um, who are not from London who say exactly that, but then a lot of people I know who come from London say the opposite. Like, yeah, but of imagine course. imagine raising... I mean, I think I've had this conversation with you, like... Yeah, no, but I, I'm one of the few people in London from London. Yeah, but I think so when, like, when it's where you grew to, up, you can, you can yeah, understand yeah, that people can home. grow up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 it's my home, so I don't know yeah. any different. But, like, I mean, are you, are you from Paris? From the suburbs or the... Yeah. So, like, I, suppose, I don't know, yeah. I, I guess you've seen a different side of things. Where would you want to... Um, Actually, I wouldn't go to Paris either, but uh, it's just, like, right... I don't know, like, right now, I'd want... I need some sun. I actually do. That's why I go on holiday so much. Mm. It's actually because I think I'm supposed to live on an island somewhere. That's yeah. what I was made for. Yeah. That's what my, my Not genetically, but... Yeah, like, I'm <laughs> genetically. <psychologically>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I think so. it's like... A, I, I, it's, it's not even sun. It's more like the light. It's like I need some... Oh, completely. The light. Yeah. It, I mean, I, I just got back from Lanzarote... Yeah, uh, and just the like yeah, the, the light and yeah. that you because like they don't have high rises there, so like when when clouds are changing and and the sun's setting, like you know you, there might be a few places in London where you get to see all of it, but mostly it's obscured yeah. from your vision. Uh, there's this weird it's, thing. It's really different. There's this weird thing now, like wait, if you have all your photos on, I use iPhoto on my computer. You can go back through your entire life in about like fifteen seconds. You really? can just see all your photos together at the same time, and all the points where I've been living in England look really shit, <laughs> and then everywhere else looks great. Got <laughs> <laughs> a glimpse of like, holiday. <laughs> maybe it wasn't that bad, like when I was there in England, but it doesn't look very good in the photos. The colour, the colour script of your life. I'm 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 English, but I've lived in yeah. lots of different places. Oh, you didn't grow up in London. No, grow up in 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 England. So, like, what, with your... I mean, because if you're illustrating, you, do you have your own studio space? Yeah. No, uh, yeah, I, I work from home now. Okay, right. Yeah. But, like, you, I suppose, home, like, where you work out of is sort of incidental. Like, you could live I mean, anywhere. I can work. That's why yeah. I'm so frustrated, because, yeah. actually, I can work from anywhere. Yeah. I don't need to go in. But the, now the question is, where do I go and who do I go with? Yeah, because okay, right. I started, you know, it was I started my life all over again when I came here, and right. and it it meant like meeting new friends, of, you know, and yeah, and it was like discovering new people, making efforts, and you know, it was great, but it's a lot of energy, and I I wouldn't go like you, you would, know, I wouldn't you, go somewhere alone and kind of start working from that. I think I'd be yeah. miserable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, no, it's true. You know, I'd go with my boyfriend or I'd go with a friend even. Yeah, in like dining alone, and yeah. like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's always the worst part for me. There's, it's really nice for a while. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you enjoy it, and yeah, then yeah. there is a point where you're like, oh yeah, god, yeah. I'm bored. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to share. Just looking that. really like desperately at people while you're eating. Yeah, just looking <laughs> at them, starting conversation, <laughs> eye contact. Soup. <laughs> just making eye contact with someone while you're just eating soup. <laughs> That's creepy. Just, yeah. w- just winking at them. <laughs> It's never not fat work for me. Dripping off your spoon. <laughs> you wink at people. 
No, but yeah, also because when you because when you can work from anywhere, but also you work alone all the time. Mm, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, like you know, you don't meet people at work. Yeah. So if you have to move to a whole new place and you work alone, and plus I don't move for eight hours, it's gonna be a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever thought about like um, having a studio space? And I did. I used to. I used to, but I kind of. I had to choose between moving in on my own without flatmates or having a studio and I kind of chose I saw it was time to be a grown up and live alone and mm. then you know I kind of got a space where I can work from home and actually I quite you know I love it it's not like if I wanted to I could you know find a studio now but I just like it I would take a studio but it would have to be fairly close because I'm very lazy and uh, yeah. commuting is such a big part of your day at the moment I spend yeah. like two hours out of the day yeah that's crazy especially you I mean you're in yeah. the center you're like at the, yeah. in hell <laughs> you were awake for like what 16 hours a day Have yeah I just made up a number there like <laughs> that sounds about awake, right yeah you're awake you're awake for a certain amount of the day uh yeah so what two hours out of that that's like a huge percentage of it that you're spent on public transport game mm. I don't know I can't work it from home I no, I couldn't work from home either. I couldn't Maybe do because it. you're a procrastinator. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but, but like, it's... I, now, I just... From how positive my life's changed from working in a studio with people, uh, I'd, I'd, just, I'd be scared to not... Uh, to, to, to try and work from home. Like, I wouldn't yeah. want to. I wouldn't, like, now I wouldn't even consider it. But, but also, like, you have, you know, you... You're working in teams and, you know, you... Yeah, it's just the nature of what you do as well, that you need to feed it off each other? Or? Yeah, I suppose. But, I mean, even if, like, I don't know, like, I I left the collective or something like that, I would still want to... Yeah, if I If I yeah, need... Yeah. I'd, I'd want a studio space and I would want it to not be my home. So, I mean, even if it was, like, a desk by myself in yeah. a room, I'd, I'd need to, like, leave... I'd yeah. need to have that thing where I got dressed and showered and I think it's healthy because yeah. sometimes I shower at 6pm yeah, yeah do you make plans for the evening mm-hmm. do you do you like often sort of say like yeah. I've got to be somewhere or do something this evening so I'm done yeah. at this time yeah yeah but actually I've um, I usually unless I'm really on a deadline or you know something crazy happens I honestly I finish I finish at 7 I re- yeah it's still quite late right for uh... I start late right okay I usually do 11, 7, 11, 6, 11, 7, but without lunch. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> but I think people work really late, no, in, uh, in the animation world. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit bad. No, it's, I think people I think. stay like forever. I don't know. It's crazy. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's a bit I think it's, I don't, I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, I think, but it's mainly the advertising world. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah more than sort of like, I guess the sort of defining factor of, the work-life balance in the advertising world yeah. is that your day's work is defined by the whims of somebody that, you know, doesn't really give a shit and just kind of makes it up as they go along. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, you could all of a sudden get a call in, a call at five o'clock and then end up having to stay really late to get something in for the next day, which is not ideal. Yeah. That's, what, that's what I hate. It's like when you actually have to do it, you know, when you have no choice but to do it. Because I know, like, I hate, like, my... my Probably the thing I hate the most, but kind of gets me a bit of a kick because that's when I send my passive-aggressive email is <laughs> when someone gives me feedback at 6 p.m. on a Friday. And it needs and to be And tells me done. it's for Monday. Right, yeah. And I'm like, that's great. 
yeah. not going to happen. Right. Are you really good like that? You're just oh, like, yeah. no. I'm, I've got some golden rules. Like, no way. I'll do something over the weekend for the love because I want, or because I want to do it, or I really want to be mm. nice to that client. And I would actually do it for clients who never ask me to do it. I just right, do okay. it to help them. Yeah. Someone who tells me, okay, so it's for Monday morning and it's Friday. I'm like, no, not happening. And was that like, because I suppose now that you're a kind of bigger name in the illustration world, like you probably have the luxury of being like, nah, fuck you. But yeah, was, you can. But was that from the day dot you've been like, no, I don't do that? I've, no, probably I did it. I never, I never was into that. I never thought it was normal. Okay, yeah. So, so, no, I don't think I ever did it. I think I always kind of... No, I think I never did it. But I think, that, I think that's like stuff people need to hear because I think... Because we've been at work for the last seven days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was at work on Saturday. So but I think you need to... Yeah. You, you always do it. You always end up working on the weekend because sometimes also because it's your fault because you've... you've you know, you just didn't get it or yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But when it's just people's not giving a shit about your time and mm. not getting back to you for two days mm. and then coming back to you mm. on Friday, that's yeah. when... But I think that's what's hard in that industry. It's like you have to know when to say no and when to say yes. Yeah. Because you might be... Even if you say no, categoric no, and you kind of play diva you yeah. know, right at the beginning, you might piss the wrong people but off. But I feel like the people who end up you know, like having being able to go, no, I'm not doing that. Are people who generally do that from the beginning just out outright go, no, I don't do that. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's true. Actually. It's I think it's like a harder thing to kind of walk it back. Yeah, yeah, and and it's kind of like the detriment to the to the entire industry that you know, like people will kind of do that thing and. People do pitches over the weekend. I remember. Oh, when we did that. We just literally yeah. just did that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if it's worth it, then fair enough. But if it's all the time, that's when it's a problem. Mm. It's like, yeah. I used to work on weekends, but now I'm like, no. Should we wrap it up? Yeah, I think that's. I have no uh, idea how long we've been talking about. No, before. it feels like <laughs> ages. really interesting. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah thanks so much. Uh, no it's, uh, it's been a long time coming, but it's, yeah. uh, it's been definitely well worth it. Okay, I think it's been two years yeah, now. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Malika was supposed to be in season one, but we just couldn't, we couldn't get <laughs> our shit together. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Thanks very much, Malika. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks very much to Malika for coming on and chatting to us. Uh, we really enjoyed that and it was super interesting. Uh, next week we are going to be interviewing LeSean Thomas. He's an incredible animator, director, draftsman, super, super intelligent and inspiring person. It's, it's one of the most interesting ones I've listened to just because I'm not in it. <laughs> so I enjoyed it from that perspective. Yeah, thanks very much for listening. See you soon. Thanks, bye.